Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to Polygamy. What love is this? I'm your host, Doris Hansen, and this show tackles all of the questions about polygamy and its founders, Joseph Smith, and especially the question, does polygamy really reflect God's love? Before we get started to find out how you or someone you know can escape a polygamy group and how we can help you, we have a toll-free number. It's 877-425-9993, and we can discuss your situation confidentially. You can also go to our website, shieldandrefuge.org, to find out more information about our ministry. Or if you would like to be on our show or have any questions about our show, we have an email address uh, that you can contact us. It's email at whatloveisthis.tv. I would like to share an email which is only one of several like this that we have received in the past few months. Now these emails are from viewers who have watched our shows from our website whatloveisthis.tv and have seen our interviews with Rachel Brown who escaped from the Kingston polygamy group a few years ago. This is one of the emails and I quote, I have recently discovered your show. I can't tell you how much it has impacted me. I am praying earnestly and am deeply burdened. It is one thing to know on an intellectual level about polygamy. It is another thing to see the faces and hear the stories. It is so powerful. I was curious if Rachel Brown ever got her children back. That was the most heartbreaking story I have ever heard." End quote. For our viewers who may not be familiar with Rachel Brown's story, you can go to our website, whatloveisthis.tv. On the bar towards the top of the page, click Online Episodes. You'll find all of our shows listed in chronological order. Go to episode 401, January 6, 2011, episode 636, October 10th, 2013. And if you watch those shows, you will become familiar with Rachel's story, which this email, uh, the one who wrote the email, was interested in following up on. The bottom line is that after Rachel escaped her abusive polygamous marriage in the Kingston Polygamy Group, she had received legal custodial rights of her three little girls with regular visitation rights for the father. However, as was expected that he would do, the children's father often set Rachel up to fail. Sometimes he would not show up for his visitation time, or he would be unreasonably late. He manipulated changes to the schedule, and to make a long story short, visitation times were missed, often orchestrated by him. So he took her to court and won full custody rights of those three little girls, based on missed visitation times only. There is a lot of tragedy in this story, tragedy that people who are not familiar with the inner workings of polygamy groups would never detect or even understand. Sadly, the judge was informed about 
the manipulating tactics. The judge also knew that Rachel's husband had had, had, had as many as four wives at the same time. Two of them had left him because of severe physical abuse, and Rachel was the third wife who left him for the same reason. His abuse had been admitted into evidence. The judge knew he was an abuser. She knew polygamy is illegal, but she still gave custody of those three little girls to this abusive man. And in her own words, it was to get back at Rachel. And what makes this story even more of a farce, Rachel had no legal representation that day in court, but her husband had two. I was there, I saw, and I heard the whole thing. And so, because we have received emails and inquiries regarding the status of Rachel and the custody of her children, we invited her back to discuss what's going on with her at this point in time. And so I would like to introduce our guest and welcome back, Rachel Brown. Thank you, Rachel, for coming back. Um, thanks for having me. <laughs> and we'll update our viewers on what's going on since this happened in 2013 uh, when the judge took your children away from you. Okay. I know this is really a very tough situation for you even now. You know, the years don't change the hurt. Of, of yeah, not for sure. Having your children with you. As a quick review for our viewers, uh, when, when, what, how long ago did you actually escape? Did you get out of the polygamy group? And so, originally when I tried to leave, it was uh, in 2009. Um, and then I actually was able to get out towards the end of the year where um, the way I got out is I moved into a domestic violence shelter. And um, I mean, you have to meet certain requirements to right. even get in there, so it's not just everybody just gets in. Right. Um, so, but that was a safe place for you to go. Yeah, it was, and and even though there were so many different people, I mean, that there was a lot of people that had, I guess, similar abuse situations that they were getting away from, and and um, and it was really hard to live there uh, because. Uh, for all I knew, they were just outsiders to me, and it was it was an adjustment to just get used to. Yeah, right. Because you come out with the mindset of the, the mind control of the polygamy group all of your life is all you've known. Yeah, so, I mean, initially when I went there, then it was almost like being in another controlling situation. Yeah. And so it's kind of hard to get through that way, but also um, it just made me more aware of, like, what Reese's are resources are out there mm -hmm. and, and what's available. I mean, there there's so many people out there yeah. that just have so much love for for people around them and they, they just want to help people. They just people. want to help, right. And we were able to help you to a certain degree with some of this. In fact, we had planned on helping you escape that morning and your husband, uh, when you first wanted to get out and your husband hacked you into your email and found out our plans and he took your girls, didn't he? Yeah, and... I mean, I had planned on getting things all ready. We were going to leave the morning on a weekend, and um, I went to pick up my kids, and um, they had been with my grandparents, and uh, he had picked them up early, which he's never picked them up, so it was just kind of... Yeah, I mean, very, very <laughs> strange at that point. 
so later, so after that, like you say, you, you were able to get out and, and with your children and uh, you received the custodial rights, legal custodial rights of the girls the first time that you uh, tried for that. Did your children resist visiting him because he had his regular visitation rights during the weekend, every other weekend? Did they resist visiting him? Uh, I mean, they, they were they were really young at the time and, and I mean... Um, I guess in a normal situation, you just want them to just uh, be with each parent. And I mean, I, I can yeah. agree to that to a point, but um, the the thing that I saw is that um, I didn't understand why he had such an interest because the only time he was ever truly there or uh, that they knew who he was was when he was there to be the, the disciplinarian, he was there to just yeah. keep them in line and, and make sure that they were good kids. And so it, it was just hard. I remember in the beginning then, I mean, I'm having to pick up these kids and just carry them to his car kicking and screaming because they don't want to go. They don't understand what's going on. Yeah. Um, even my youngest daughter, then she, I mean, she was, one at the time and like she she was learning all these new things and she was just um i mean i i thought she was just going to be way ahead of things and and everything just went backwards because she i mean she was one she didn't understand yeah. what was going on right like she didn't know him at when, all when the judge took those children from you for for visitation problems only. There was no other reason. And she stated that in court. How did that make you feel about our legal system and how they deal with polygamous situations? It, it was disappointing for me because um, just uh, my experience of getting out there and learning more about what's going on, then, I mean, there's these different resources around you that... Uh, they're supposed to help you. I mean, you've, you've got the court system, and you've got like DCFS. You've got the police. I mean, there's so many different avenues that um, should help you, and you have this great expectation. And um, it's it's kind and of frustrating you. when they fall short of yeah. what you're thinking you're supposed to have available to you. Um, I mean, it, it was just frustrating because um, one thing that just really threw me was that. Uh, uh, she had given me 30 days jail time, and um, I didn't ever serve that, but it was just her way of just making sure to follow mm -hmm. what she said. And, um, and we, we've had a lot of issues with the visitation, but I, mean, I feel like it was things that we should have been able to work out, and um, by her changing the custody, then that was just her way of retaliating against me. And she said as much when she said, she said, we will be sure that he gets all of his visitation days because I'm giving the the, the custody of the children to right. him. And that She said that was the reason. Even the guardian ad litem recommended that... Um, that you keep the children and judges rarely go against the recommendations of the guardian ad litem. And I mean, she she really strongly recommended not to change the custody, and I mean, it was surprising to everybody. And I mean, I've I've talked to different lawyers since then, and they were just 
so shocked. This is said that that that's just something that doesn't happen. I mean, it was just very unusual and it didn't make sense to them. It it didn't, it doesn't. So, um, and, and the, the courts are supposed to, to ignore the, the, the right of the mother and the father, um, what they claim is their rights and choose according to what the judge feels is best for the children. Right. And, and that, that's a big reason why they get a guardian ad litem right. appointed for the children them. to represent yeah. their best interests and um, just so you can separate the parents and yeah. and so there's and not some big, big out war to... <laughs> anyway, it's, it's a, um, a major shock to all of us that we're there. To answer some of the questions that our viewers have had to kind of bring them up to date, uh, you're, he still has full custodial rights of the children now, to right. date, this So date. the custody is, so he has primary custody, and then we have joint legal custody, and then I was granted standard visitation. I mean, what that amounts to is I have um, a weekday for three hours, and then every other weekend, and then, the, then we have split holidays. Mm-hmm. Okay, so does he make sure that he, he took you to court because there was some problem with the visitation. Is he making sure you get your uh, visitation without manipulation? Uh, sometimes I wonder because, um, I mean, I, I've tried to um, follow the rules as much as I can because I know that that's important um, on my part to make sure I'm doing everything I possibly can. But I feel like he's giving me the bare minimum he, and not a second more. Um, Does he manipulate like he was when you had the custodial rights? It, he, uh, like for example, I mean, I pick him up at five thirty, and I mean, uh, if if I were to like pick them up at school, then he would be upset because I'm not allowed to have them a second before. Uh, so <laughs> he's yeah, a stickler for that. Okay. Uh, how about the children? Are they excited to, to visit, to go back with him after he's been with you? They still resist going back? How does, how is that working out? And it, it's kind of the same thing. Um, they're, I mean, they're not so young anymore, so they don't act out in the, quite the same way, but I mean, they're older and they understand um, the situation a little better and I, uh, the good thing about that is that um, going back and forth and they can see um, how things are with me, how things are with their dad mm-hmm. and know the difference and know for themselves what they want. Um, now the but, wife that he's with now has how many children? She has eight children. Eight children. So she has eight children and plus three. Right which is 11 children in the home. It only makes sense that the children would be better off not lost in that that many children in the home. Uh, and and they don't really get lost into it as much as they're, they're the older kids in the family, and so they're um, put in charge of the other little kids. They're, they're doing the cooking, the cleaning, basically <laughs> while, while everyone sits back and... Um, and them are they it. old enough to do the cooking and cleaning? I didn't yeah. know they were that old. <laughs> and and you know I I see that I mean they're they're the age where they should be helping with that. It's not their responsibility to take over the parents' yeah. role. It's their I mean they're kids. Uh-huh. I mean 
your your life is just developed on your childhood and if you're expected to grow up so fast I mean you really miss well, out on a lot I, I always say I don't know if you can say it about yourself but I was raised in the Kingston group and so were you right and uh, my childhood was stolen from me it it honestly I can say it was yeah, for sure we don't want that to happen with our kids yeah absolutely I mean I mean growing up in that then you always have it on your mind what the expectations are. What, mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, this age I'm going to be doing this, or this age I'm going to be preparing to get married. And 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 so you really don't have a childhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, is there evidence that he's abusing your children now? And, and there is. And the thing that happens is um, he's always really careful not to leave marks. Um, he's just, he's just very aware of that, and I've I've had a lot of dealings with DCFS just just to kind of um, document it. And so they've come home with bruises and marks that, they from have. his abuse, and and you've called DCFS. Have they followed through? I mean, they have gone through the process, and and I mean, it's frustrating for me because I don't feel like they're very thorough. And it's it's just frustrating because, I mean, I just I don't want my kids to get hurt. I just want them to be safe. I mean, it it just I mean, I just want to cry every time yeah, I see them. Yeah, I, I'm getting sure. hurt. Um, you but one of them now you have at least temporary custody um, protective order against him, don't you? I do because of proven abuse on her. Yeah, for sure. And how long is that protective order? In effect, and so that's in effect for 150 days. So um, that'll go through about the end of March. Um, but I mean, this, it was just um, one of those things where I mean, it had happened that morning, and she came home, and she she was really upset about it, and um, she was. Uh, going over what had happened, and I, I mean, it, it was hard to, for her to tell me because she was just in tears. She was just so heartbroken about what mm-hmm. was going on. So did they threaten her not to tell you? Do you think that's part of it too? And I'm not a hundred percent where they draw the line on that. I mean, sometimes I I wonder if that's what happens. Um, you could never really know what's going on in there. So your goal now um, is to try to go back to court to get custody back of your girls? Yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, the, the thing that I see is that, I mean, my youngest, she's, she's really young, and um, I know uh, I've, I've heard different ages thrown around, but, I mean, when you're younger, then you don't, you're not able to have a say in mm-hmm. in being able to tell somebody this is what I want, and so um, it, it's harder for someone younger. But then my uh, two older girls, and they're they're getting to that age where uh, their voice can be heard and that they can express that. And what about hopefully an attorney? Have you been? Have you had any? 
I, I know we've tried, Rachel, several times to, I know I've tried personally, I know you have tried other than, than with my help, to get an attorney who will come and do your case, take your case, either low fee or no fee, pro right. bono. And we have just struck out every single time. Are you still striking out? Would you do this if you had an attorney to, to take uh, your case? How, how is that looking? Um, I would for sure. Um, I was able to get an attorney for my protective order hearing that I got. And, um, and even for that, I mean, it, it was just um, some arrangements I had to make to work that out. Um, but uh, for me, it was it was nice to feel like somebody was on my side that they were gonna be there for my best interests. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, I, I feel like it's really important not ju just not just for me, but for my girls. They deserve sure, to you bet. to have that representation to speak for them. Yeah, and and our viewers are really need to know if they watch this show very often, they would know uh, that in polygamy groups, the little girls grow up to be polygamist wives. That's right. the value of females born in a polygamy group. Uh, they're groomed from the cradle to become a plural wife. They're threatened with God's wrath if they don't. They And then when they are a polygamist wife, they're expected to support themselves and all the children they have. And, and many of them, which you did, lived mm -hmm. in homes that are owned by their husband and then expected to pay your husband rent to live there. And, and that's what happens in these groups. They just don't get it. There's no hope of a better life for females in polygamy groups. Well, and I, I think that's more of a way for the men to be in control and mm -hmm. to... But we want an attorney who will, know, who will recognize this and support getting your girls away from yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. And understand that when they take it to court. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it really makes a difference. And then also um, in on the side of where, I mean, there there's a lot of people that either don't really know a lot about polygamy or it's never been something that's crossed their paths. So they <laughs> don't don't know anything about it or don't understand it. But I mean, there there's a lot of people out there that that really understand what's going on. And and that's just been... And that's what we want for you, is an attorney and, and, who understands right. it and will fight. Right, where they can... You. I mean, you've got the family law that you've got to focus on, but then also you come into, like, the criminal law, the custody, and just different mm, things. A lot of things. Because, I mean, I've talked to lawyers before, and they're hesitant to take it because they consider it such a high-profile case because of mm -hmm. um, who's... Who's on the other end of it? Yep, that's exactly right. Who, which is a Kingston, right. a Kingston man. Uh, now, in fact, he has enrolled your children in a Kingston-owned, operated, owned and operated uh, private school. Um, well, it's it, it's not necessarily private, but it is owned by them, and um, um, it's it's actually a charter school. Is there, didn't the judge say that, that she didn't want him to put him in that school, that she wanted him in public school? Well, and, and that was the thing at the time they were younger, so they were only in elementary, and they do have a private school, which is actually right across the street from the charter school that they have. Um, but yes, she did specifically say they cannot go to that school. It has to be a public school. Yet he gets by with sending them going against the judge's orders. Right. And I mean, I felt like my hands were tied because, I mean, she said a public school and they, they've they gone through the process 
to make it a public school, but I mean, in reality, I mean, it's, it's members that are going, the members and their kids that are going, and... The board of directors are all members yeah, of the Everybody there is group. pretty much group members. Uh, a couple of the teachers are non-members, which, which was really surprising to me. I, I couldn't even imagine that they would even consider it. So do they give the children, your girls, religious education? They, they do. Uh, one thing that they have there is a seminary class, and it's supposed to be optional. And um, uh, my kids told me that their dad enrolled them. and Without your consent or without your... And, and you know, it, it's another one of those things where my hands are tied. I mean, yeah. it, with the custody situation, he has the final say, so I can't really object to it even if I wanted to and even if I did then he would tell me to mind my own business yeah. <laughs> but your children are your business that's, yeah for that's sure true. you you quoted to me uh, recently in an e email that we were going back and forth you said there are lots of attorneys who are willing to help but not willing enough to do this pro bono and the real need is for an attorney who will fight to the end and stand up for the client without giving up any integrity of the case and this is what we're looking for to an attorney that will come and fight for you and those children without giving up any compromise, no compromise, yeah, exactly. uh, what's going on. Uh, and that's what we are, why we are doing this show, to, to answer the questions that some of our of the inquiries that we've had recently about Rachel and, and an update, which now you've done. And she does want to uh, go back to court and get her, her little girls back. Now, um, of course, finances are uh, a, a problem with this. And a Shield and Refuge, our ministry does accept donations uh, for designated helps to escapees from polygamy groups. If you want to help Rachel, or maybe you're an attorney who watches this, or if you know of an attorney who would do pro bono work or a at least a significantly low fee, you can send financial help designated for Rachel's legal fees to a Shield and Refuge. Post Office Box 651292, Salt Lake City, Utah, 84165-1292. Or you can go to our website, shieldandrefuge.org. And at the bottom of the page, you can click the Donate button. And be sure and designate any donations, whether it's by check, through the mail, or off the website. Uh, be sure and mention that it's designated for Rachel's legal fees. And every dime that you give for Rachel's legal fees will go to Rachel's legal fees. And please keep in mind that we do interview several weeks in advance, and so things may have changed a little bit, uh, but generally it hasn't been. So we're out of time already, Rachel. I want to thank you for sharing your story again. If there's anything very quickly that, that you would want to say, we only have a couple of seconds. <laughs> Um, I mean, the, the thing is, is that, I mean, there, there's a lot of people that, are, that have an interest in leaving and they that don't think it's possible. And I mean, it's very much possible. Um, there, there's so, so much love and support out there that. Just I mean, take it and run with it. I mean, mm -hmm. ju just uh, get up the courage to make, take that step and be ready for that step and, and, and just be ready to li live your life and, and be happy. Yeah.
And, you know, you can live your life outside of a polygamy group because there's no place in the Bible. We've challenged many times over for people to prove it from the Bible where God ever commanded that you or anyone else live polygamy. And no one has ever brought forward any proof at all because there absolutely is none. The polygamy is not God's plan at all. It is only men's oppression of women. And that actually is the bottom line. Thank you for watching. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you for having me. See you next time. This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.